start this podcast, I'd like to thank the UFC for Fight Pass. Nothing like uh, watching a couple guys beat each other up, or as I like to call it, one-man chess. Nothing like watching that in the background as I read and research these podcasts. Um, and additionally, talking about cool tech, their online viewing platform is pretty awesome with the markers and the ability to skip from fight to fight. Uh, good stuff. Anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about influencers, Twitter, Spotify, and trolls, trolls, trolls. Shall we begin? I'm Pat Bowen, and this is episode six of Unraveled Ideas, the podcast. What proves to us is that people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Because I'm always about that versus whip. That versus whip. To communicate an idea in a way that resonates, change will happen, and you can change the world. Welcome to Unraveled Ideas, the podcast. So today, let's start with three things and, and dive into the, my thoughts on influencers after that. Uh, so the first of the three things is Twitter. Since Jack Dorsey's been running the company he co-founded again uh, for a bit now, it seems like he's open to evolving the platform. And according to an article in Recode that Twitter is looking at doing some long-form types of posts or, or possibly a product to go along with the normal Twitter timeline and tweets that you know of. Um, and they're also looking at doing some edits to the platform and the normal tweets such as not making links count against your 140 character limit at which I'm definitely for that and I've enjoyed some of the shifts that we've seen as an evolution of Twitter like the quoting of tweets versus the traditional retweets and that sort of thing it doesn't really seem to shift how the platform is meant to be I'm not entirely sure with the long form piece though because I guess it's all going to depend on how it's implemented and if it's built into the existing Twitter or kind of a separate product. Because I can't help but think that a lot of people use Twitter as a news feed with direct access to the writer or the athlete or whoever they're communicating with and viewing information from. And, and that's part of the charm or part of what I think makes Twitter work is it forces those quick and to the point interactions. The long form is definitely something that I think you should keep an eye on as a publisher. But I go back to Marshall McLuhan's famous line, the medium is the message. So how would long form be implemented? And is that going to change how people interact with Twitter? That whole package with 140 characters seems to be uh, what Twitter is and has built the kind of culture around people who tweet a lot and use Twitter. So definitely keep an eye on it if you are a publisher, if you're using Twitter as part of your platform, because if you're pushing out five tweets of the same thing a day, or if you're just interacting, retweeting, or if you're spending a lot of time replying, or if you're using it for research, how is it having a long-form article and there are seeing long-form articles or being able to publish long-form articles going to affect how you use the platform and how you think your customers or your clients or your fans utilize it. Next up is Spotify. So I may have mentioned it in an earlier podcast, but I've been a big fan of Spotify's Discover Weekly playlist as they showed up in late July or August, whichever it was. Uh, not exactly sure. The Verge just published a pretty significant story about how Spotify handles the creating of that Discover Weekly playlist. If you're not familiar with what Discover Weekly is, it's a weekly custom playlist that somehow Spotify thinks you'll like. So every week when you go in, you've got your playlist, then it's it's repopulated. Uh, so Monday morning, I get in the car and I'm like, ooh, I wonder what's going to be on uh, my Discover Weekly playlist. I pop it open and, well, I'm usually quite surprised about how good it is. So this article just gave me a little insight on exactly how they curate that list. And basically what it is is Spotify is grabbing a ton of data about what you listen to. And then it uses an algorithm to create a profile for you um, and what artists are essential to your or your favorite artists and what are essential to forming your kind of music persona or your listening persona. 
And and here's where it gets interesting. Instead of just classifying songs and then serving you, classifying the songs that you listen to uh, by any certain uh, parameters, they classify essentially you and your music profile, and then they match you, your music profile, against other people's music profiles. They then compare the songs that you've listened to and serve you songs that you haven't listened to from those other people. So to put a little bit simpler, they're using other users to curate a playlist for you versus just an algorithm to pick the songs. Essentially, they've used an algorithm to pick curators for you rather than songs. And I love this. And I haven't really heard from many people besides my wife, who also loves it, about how they viewed this curation. Uh, so if you're a Spotify user, let me know what you think of Discover Weekly. Hit me up on Twitter at Unraveled Ideas. Anyway, I thought I'd try to get some stats from the comments. I know I'm diving into uh, the troll territory and risking becoming troll bait. Um, so when I read this article on The Verge, I, there were about 90 comments. And of those, I found roughly 35 comments with opinions about the quality of the Discover Weekly platform. And two-thirds of those were extremely positive, And a sixth, about a, one-sixth of them said, you know, it was good, it was bad, mixed review. And then the other six said they didn't like it. And to me, that sounds like a winner, but, you know, let me know what you think of it so I don't have to engage the trolls again. And speaking of trolls, we have my third thing of the day. So I know the number one rule of the internet is don't feed the trolls, but recently there have been some awesome trolls. Well, how about real life trolls or on offline trolls? And I think they deserve a mention. So first we have uh, John Hendren, whose Twitter handle is at fart. Somehow, using, with that Twitter handle, he was still picked as an expert guest by HLN's Daily Share. So in a short interview on live TV, he was asked questions about Edward Snowden, uh, who recently joined Twitter. And about halfway through, uh, with a straight face, he starts talking about and answering the questions as if they were asked about Edward Scissorhands versus Edward Snowden. So all I have to say on that is Olympic-level troll. I will post the links in the notes because you should watch the interview. Now, the second real-life troll takes place in the UK where apparently um, there's a second episode of Penis Graffiti. Now, I'm not really a fan of defacing public property, but the one part of the vandal here is it's on the road they drive, and apparently they were spray painting these um, phallic representations on potholes and bad parts of the road. So I guess if you're fed up with road conditions and nobody seems to be listening to you from your government, local, or whatever it is, this might be a good way to get their attention. Uh, frankly, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen this here in Michigan. Point of both these trolls, uh, the Edward Scissorhands and the... Um, road drawings. <clears throat> I like people who add a little humor to my day by pointing out the absurdity and how politicians, the media, and basically everyone seems to th take things far too serious. Last thing I want to talk about is influencers. So last episode I talked about how although trying to become more efficient is great, the best way to hack life is to not hack it and just get to work. On Monday I had coffee with an old colleague looking at you, Jeff. Uh, who's been posting some amazing things on LinkedIn. Nothing mind-blowing, but very straightforward and powerful reminders. So last week's comments um, about working, hacking, were in large part kicked off by one of his posts where he wrote a letter to himself called Check Yourself. I'll post that in the notes as well, and you should read it. He also wrote a post called Insert Your Catchphrase Here, um, and we chatted about that over coffee. And again, it's caused me to think. So he mentions a few top influencers such as Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss, and then he says this, but they don't work with me. They don't sit next to me. They don't literally physically make a difference where I do my work. These external influencers are great and they do help, but what we need are internal influencers. And I have a couple of thoughts on this. First, I think it's hard to have 
internal influencers, not because of the level of talent, but because of blemishes. And what I mean is Vaynerchuk, Godin, and Ferris at the top of their field, but they're also polished and to us, they have no flaws. In some respects, they almost aren't humans, they're characters. And I don't mean this as a statement that they aren't authentic or that they're too overproduced, but what I mean is it's impossible for us to see their grind, um, the mundane parts of their day and the blemishes. I mean, even Vaynerchuk talks about the grind and has to remind people it's really there and it's not just some glamorized shtick of his. It's the nature of the beast, I think, when you're in the trenches every day with the person next to you, they look human, they look mortal, and they all have flaws. So you know they're great at their job, most likely, or maybe they're not, but assuming they're great at their job, you know that, and you know they're a great person, but I bet it's almost impossible to see them as an influencer, even if they give you a ton of value advice and day-to-day inspiration, because you have those blinders on, and it makes it extremely hard to see the value that they're providing in terms of being an influencer. It kind of reminds me, uh, there's an article on Adweek late August, maybe early September. Again, I'll find that and put it in the notes. Um, where there was a couple who quit their job uh, to blog, go out and blog and travel the world. And they're on Instagram and their blog posts and social media made their life look extremely glorious. But the fact is they've been scrubbing, scrubbing toilets and doing manual labor just to get by. And, and they admit this and put this in their blog. And they also say, you know, they still love the decision to quit and travel. But until they had written that blog post, the reality was that everyone just saw a pretty traveling couple. So my first point isn't that the glamorous influencer doesn't exist next to you or in your office. It's that the ugly and the grind do too. And if you're standing too close to it, you might not see the glamorous influencer that's standing right next to you. And my second point about this is that you might be the influencer you're looking for. Like, I don't know, I don't think that Jeff woke up one day and thought, man, I'm going to publish something that will make people work harder and be inspired today. He, my guess is, he wrote what he was thinking, then he went you know, to continue the hustle and the grind throughout the day in a probably somewhat unremarkable, at least in his view, way. Meanwhile, I'm sitting at my desk at work and I read his post and I print it and I hang it on my wall. To me, he was an influencer in that situation. And I guess the point of this is everyone can be an influencer. And even if you don't publish something to the world, which you should do, um, you could always raise the average. Every day when you go to work, you might be the lowest performer in your office, but you're part of the average productivity and creativity of your office. And every day when you walk in, you have the choice to do your job better than you did yesterday. And if you do this, you'll raise the office average and your own. Maybe just a little, but if you do it day after day after day, the average goes up. The company's average goes up. Your average goes up. Somebody will notice. You will be an influencer, even if it's just a little. And if you're at the top, if you're the top performer in your office, the best at whatever you do in your company, you can still raise the average. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to walk into your office and raise the average. And here's one other thing. If you've been listening, write me something. Let me know how I can raise the average. How can I improve this podcast? Just hit me up on Raveled Ideas on Twitter or pat at unraveledideas.com. And as Jeff closed with in his article, don't just share someone else's motivational message. Go be inspiring. We all need you to do it right now.